Good morning, everybody. Glad that you are here with us today as we are in week two of our series on living beyond ourselves. So last week, as we started in this series, I tried to make the case that the local church is the hope of the world. Maybe something new that you heard, maybe something you haven't thought of the local church that way. But if you think about it, local churches have been entrusted with the greatest message our world will ever hear. It's a message of hope and love and forgiveness that comes through a relationship with the creator of the universe. That it is possible for you and I to have a relationship with the God who created everything. It's really possible. He wants to have a relationship with us. That's the message that churches carry to a hurting world. Last week, we also talked about God's intense love for local churches, so much that we read in Ephesians chapter 5 that God was willing, Jesus, God in the flesh, was willing to die on the cross for local churches, to die for us who make up local churches. God challenged us last week to look at local churches differently than maybe the way a lot of us have looked at church. And God, I think his challenge for us was, if the local church doesn't look as beautiful as it once looked, then those of you who are Christ followers should get very busy at helping to beautify the church again, to make the church a beautiful place for people to be. We also said that the church is not a building. It's not about four walls. It's not a space like this. The church is about people. It's people that have put their faith and trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior, a group of people who say, you know what, I want to live the way Jesus lived. I want to love people the way that Jesus loved people. I want to transform my world the way Jesus transformed the world. That's what church is all about. Now, I gave everybody last week a rubber band. Anybody still have the rubber band? Uh, a couple of people, all right, so... Hope you didn't hurt anybody with it this past week. But I gave you a rubber band to illustrate that God wants to stretch us so that we can hold things together. That's the purpose of a rubber band. That's what it, when it's doing its work is when it's stretched and holding things together. And I also used the rubber band to say to all of us that God, I think, is going to stretch all of us through this series to new levels of involvement in the greatest thing going on on planet Earth. And that's local churches. And I think today God is going to stretch us even more as we look at our role within local churches. So I hope that you have your stretchy pants on this morning because you are going to need them. All right, turn over in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. In our paperback Bibles, it's found on page 935, 1 Peter chapter 2. Again, we say often here, if you need a Bible, please take one of these Bibles as our free gift to you. So 1 Peter chapter 2, just hold your finger there for just a moment. And as you are looking, I'm going to ask a question, kind of get us started this morning. So when you look back in your life to your, your elementary school years, all right, so think back to your elementary school years, and you were looking forward back then to life ahead and all that it had, and you wanted to be involved in uh, whatever you were going to be involved in when you became a grown-up, what were some of the things that you wanted to do when you were in an elementary school looking forward? You, when you were going to be a grown-up, you were going to be and do what? 
Let me hear from you. An astronaut, yes. Yes, let's see all the hands for that. Astronaut, yeah, okay, there's three of us. Well, we wanted to be on the moon looking back at you. All right, anybody else? Fighter pilot, how cool is that? I mean, wow, like I have sight problems and couldn't make it through that test, but man, how cool would that be to be the guy with the jacket and that cool headgear? All right, what else? What did you want to be when you grew up? Basketball player. And this guy, even though he's like 5'8", he actually can do that still today. Make it to junior high. Make it to junior high. <laughs> I, I remember in elementary school, it was like, it was going to be the bomb when I was 13. It was like, yeah, one day I'm going to be 13. And I'm going to be like in control of like the world in that moment. Isn't that going to be cool? Yeah, now how many of you, as you look back, go, like, I'm not doing what I thought I was going to be doing when I was in elementary school? Yeah, most of us. So often, you know, we have these dreams of the future and things that we're going to do and be, and often it's not what we thought we were going to be doing or being. But when I was in elementary school, I wanted to be everything from an astronaut to a firefighter. I mean, anything that, that I just seemed that was going to be like really cool and tough and, and uh, you know, make me look like a macho man or something. You know, I just thought that would be really cool to be involved in anything like that. And then my cousins came up with the thing. It was the thing that we were going to dedicate our lives to. We were going to grow our hair out real long. And you're laughing already. I don't know why. We we're going to grow our hair out real long, and we were going to start a rock band. You know, I mean, what a contribution we can make to the world through our music. And, I, you know, I didn't play an instrument then. I still don't play an instrument now. But it was going to be cool because, you know, with our hair real long, we were never going to get married. We were going to travel the world and, and die as rock stars. And it was going to be so cool. Now, as I look back in hindsight at some things, I go, you know, I'm just glad there are some dreams that just don't come true. I don't know if you've ever thought back to things that you dreamed in your life, like, oh, I'm really glad that didn't happen. I can't imagine life without my wife, without my kids. I just can't imagine that world. And can you imagine me with long hair? <laughs> it's like it's a little bit weird to think about that. But for those of you who cannot imagine me with long hair, I got a treat for you. Okay, here it is. <laughs> I would have been, uh, you know, in the top charts for a lot of years. You all would have had one of my CDs. I'm not exactly sure how you ladies do it with this stuff because it gets in the way all the time. But, and I thought maybe I would do the rest of the service this morning with the hair, but it would be a little distracting to me, much less anybody else. But yeah, so that stuff just gets everywhere, you know. Who needs hair? <laughs> so when I was growing up, there were things that I wanted to do and be and things I thought, man, one day that would be so cool. And then there were things I'm like, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to be that. I hope I never end up doing that or being that. One of the things I never wanted to do or be was be a pastor and work at a church. And obviously God has a sense of humor because you, know, you see what I do on a regular basis. But like I mentioned last week, I grew up around the church. And what I saw in church world was that church was the place of leftovers. It was a place that people would give whatever they had left over after making a name for themselves in the marketplace or, or charging in academics or in athletics and giving their best to something else. Then if they had anything left over, they would consider giving that 
to the church. And so as I was growing up and thinking about my resources and, and what I wanted to contribute to the world with and things I wanted to do with my life, you know, I thought, why would I want to give my best to the church? That's a place of leftovers. And so I looked out in the world and thought, you know, I'll pursue a career and I'll pursue academics and, you know, I'll, I'll pour all that I have into my job and, you know, going up the ladder in, in my job. And I'll give some to the church because church is important to me, but it'll probably be my leftovers, like what I observed a lot of people doing. And then through a course of events that took years to unfold, God changed the way that I view church. And I went from seeing church as the place of leftovers to seeing church as the hope of the world. Major move for me. Major move, you know, going from a place where I'm like, yeah, I'll give it my leftovers to, you know what, my wife and I, my kids and a, an amazing group of people are going to lead the charge in starting a local church in this community because I believe it's the hope of the world. Major movement for me. Now, again, that took years for me to get to that perspective. But as I was looking in the Bible, I watched God use a group of very unqualified people to transform our world. Well, you look at Jesus' disciples. Even the Bible says, hey, people identified them as a group that they were not qualified. It was clear they weren't trained. And yet God used those people to transform the world. And I don't know if you ever feel that way. I don't know if you ever feel like, ah, I'm just not qualified to, to lead in a significant way at church. I'm just, I just don't feel qualified to be used by God in a significant way. If you feel that way, guess what? You're a part of a pretty cool group of people that God regularly uses to transform communities, lives, and the world. You're a part of that group, so you can be used. You have a role to play. You've got something that God wants you to do. Now, seeing the church from God's perspective has helped change the way I view my role as a pastor in a local church. And I think what we're about to explore together just might change the way you view your role here. This might stretch you a little bit. And I hope that you'll see you've got a significant role through this local church. First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two, we're gonna start in verse five. And it says, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. So I want everybody together out loud, if you'll join me and say, I am God's holy priest. Okay, so let's do that together. Ready? Here we go. I am God's holy priest. Okay, so if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, a role that you play today within a local church is the role of a priest. And Peter picks that statement up again in verse 9 when he says, you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession, and you may never have been that elementary school student looking forward in your life and thought, one day I'm going to be a royal priest. And you may still today go, what? I'm a what? God says I'm supposed to do what? You may ne have never seen yourself that way. But again, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's a role 
that you have to play within the local church. It's a function that God has for all Christ followers. Not one of us can say, well, I'm exempt from that because I'm, I'm not a pastor. I don't do that vocationally. Nobody can say that. If you're a Christ follower, God looks at you as a royal priest. Now, in order to fulfill this role as a priest, it'd be important for us to know what a priest does or what the priests used to do in the Bible. So we're gonna look back in the Old Testament part of the Bible, the part of the Bible written before the life of Jesus to learn some of that. But before the coming of Christ and the Holy Spirit, God operated through a select group of people called priests. It was shortly after that God freed the nation of Israel from 400 years of slavery that he instituted this thing called the priesthood. So in the book of Exodus, God told a man named Moses to build a tabernacle, which is, if you think, a really large tent, uh, which later became a temple. He told Moses, I want you to build a tabernacle, and that's the place that I'm going to live. It's a new concept, a kind of a strange concept. God's saying, you know what? I'm the creator of all things, and I'm going to live in this little tent that you build me in order for me to be close to the people that I love. I'm going to be their God and I want to be close to them. And God gave Moses very specific instructions for how the tabernacle was to be built and how it was to be cared for. Now, if you think the tabernacle was the center of most of the activity that went on in that culture, you think about the reality. If there was within our county a place that God lived and we wanted to be in a relationship with God, most things in our community, most things in what we do in our daily activities would center around God and that place. So the tabernacle was a very significant place within the culture. Then God told Moses to appoint his brother Aaron and his sons as the first priests. And they were handpicked by God to stand in that role. And God basically said to the Israelites, I'm gonna live in this temple so that I can be close to you, so that I can be with you. And in order for you to be in a right relationship with me, you have to come through a priest. That's how we're gonna maintain a good relationship. You're gonna come through a priest on a regular basis. So it was a, a big deal to God for someone to be a priest. It was significant. The Old Testament books of Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, uh, all of them give us details of what the Old Testament priests had to do. And I'm just gonna give you some highlights of some of the things that they did. A priest had to take care of God's temple. So they had to make sure that it was well cared for and in well working order all the time. They had to keep several fires burning in the temple day and night. Those fires could never go out. And so there were priests working at the temple day and night. They had to offer sacrifices on behalf of Israel so that they could stay in a right relationship with God. They had to maintain personal holiness. So in order for a priest to help someone else connect with God, they had to make sure that they personally were connected with God. They had to teach people how to live in the ways that God wanted them to live. And they also had to bless the people of God on a regular basis. So the question for us is how do we perform some of those tasks? How do we live today as royal priests based upon some of the things that they did in the Old Testament times? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it tells us this. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. 
So you must honor God with your body. So God doesn't live in the Old Testament tabernacle, the Old Testament temple anymore. His new residence is right here. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the weirdest thing ever happens. God moves in to your heart. He moves inside you to guide you in your life, to show you the best ways to live, to show you how to live as a royal priest within our day and age. So how are you doing at taking care of God's temple? This place that God resides, is there anything that you're allowing in God's temple that shouldn't be there? Is there anything you're looking at, shouldn't be looking at? Is there anything you're listening to that would hurt God? Is there anything that you're doing with your body? Is there anything that you're introducing into your body that God would say, keep that out. This is my holy temple. Don't allow that to be here. Again, as royal priests, we have a responsibility to take care of the temple, the place that God resides. Now turn over in your Bibles to Matthew chapter five. We're gonna look at verse 14 and on for just a moment. Matthew chapter five. It's found on page 736 in our paperback Bibles. All right, so Matthew chapter five, starting in verse 14, God says to you, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. So as royal priests, we are the light of the world. So as you go to work, as you're in your neighborhood, as you're at school, God sees you as a light. And how is that light shining? Is there anything in your life that's hindering your light from shining for God? You know, as people look at us, they're either drawn towards God because of our lives or they're pushed away from God because of how we live. How is that happening in your world? Are you shining as a light into a a dark world that desperately needs direction? The Old Testament priests also had to sacrifice on behalf of the Israelites. And it was not the priest's job to judge whoever was coming. It was just their job to sacrifice and help that person, that family be connected with God. So as modern day royal priests, when someone feels a need to connect with God, would they come through you? Would they say, you know, that person has a connection with God and I bet you they will help me. I bet you they can help me connect with him. Do they think of you that way or do they think of you in another context? Old Testament priests had to maintain personal holiness. Again, in order to connect someone else with God, they had to make sure they were well connected with God themselves. So how is your relationship with God doing? Is there anything hindering that relationship? Is there anything that you need to talk to God about? Anything you need to get straightened out with him? Are there any sin issues you need to say, God, you know what? Here's an issue in my life. I've kind of tried to keep it hidden for a while, but I know you know about it and I need to deal with it. Is there any broken relationships around you that need to be restored? Is there anybody you need to go to and just say, you know what? I kind of blew it in our last conversation. I said some things I shouldn't have said. 
I need you to forgive me and restore that relationship. Are there any areas of your life that are off limits to God? You say, God, you know what? I'll give you like 80% of who I am, but this 20%, it's mine. It's off limits. God says, you know, 80% of you is not enough. I want all of you. I don't want a portion of your heart. I don't want a portion of your life. I want all of your life. I want all of your heart because you are a royal priest. So is there anything that you're going, you know what, God, it's mine. And God's going, hey, I need you to give that over to me. And if there is anything, will you do what's necessary to make sure that you are in a good relationship with God? One of my favorite things that Old Testament priests did was to bless people. And we see that blessing in Numbers chapter six, verse 24 through 26. It's a special blessing that the priest would speak over the people of Israel. And it goes like this. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Powerful words of blessing to a group of people that God loved so much. Our team that just came back from Guatemala about a month ago had the privilege of speaking this blessing over the families that we built homes for. So we built homes that were no bigger really than this stage here and had the privilege of of blessing that home and blessing that family before we kind of handed it over to them. And the first woman that we blessed was a grandmother who was rather stoic in her interactions with us, rather reserved. Uh, She had a a, a nice shell about her that she kept, uh, you know, a little distance between us and her. And we shared our faith in Jesus with her. We read some Bible passages of hope. And we gave her family some housewarming gifts to, to bless their home. And then we spoke this blessing over her. And it was a really amazing moment, I think, for all of us as a team. So we gathered in this little, little house. And I laid my hand on her. And we gathered around and held hands. And we prayed for her. And then I spoke this blessing to her. And when we got to that portion of our time together, there were tears in her eyes and you could tell she was, had softened. So this outer shell that she had had softened. It was a very profound moment for me personally to speak words of life to someone else. You think about it in our world, we don't do that enough. We don't receive that enough. How many of you would say in your life, you know what, I get, I get way too many words of affirmation to me. You know, my boss is always telling me I do such an amazing job and I should have a promotion. Um, you know, my, my spouse is always beefing me up all the time, things that really aren't true, but they, you know, makes it sound really good. Anybody say, you know what, I just get way too much of that. You can go, go bless somebody else because I've got too much. All right, I don't see anybody. All right, in our world, the world kind of eats at us all day long. You charge into the day and then, you know, you get these negative messages that come at you, things that you could do better. You could always improve here. You could always improve there. May happen at work, may happen at school, may happen in your neighborhood, in whatever environment, all day long, there are these negative messages that come at us. And it's very rare that someone comes along and says, I just want to speak words of life to you. I want to look into your eyes, which are the windows of the soul. And I want to pour in life to you because you have value, because you matter to our great God. And either, hey, you're doing some really cool things and thank you for doing those really cool things or our God thinks highly of you. 
So that's just something that doesn't happen enough, and I wish it would happen more. So in your life as a royal priest, do people look at you as the person that will pour into them words of life and blessings from God? Or are they afraid what's gonna come out of your mouth? How do you interact with the people that God has entrusted to you? Again, the people in your family, the people that you work with, the people at school, the people in your neighborhood, are you that light? Are you that spokesperson for God that speaks blessings? Or do people, would they rather avoid you for fear of what you might say? Now, all of these amazing duties that the Old Testament priests did happened in and around the temple and happened for the people of God, God's chosen people, the Israelites. Now, again, today our bodies are the temple of God. So, you know, it's not about a building, but when we gather as a group of Christ followers, we get to serve as royal priests for each other. You know, when we gather either two or more, gather in a small group environment, gather in a Sunday environment, see each other out in, in Walmart, somewhere around the community, we have the opportunity and responsibility to interact with each other as royal priests. We have the ability and the opportunity to encourage each other, to support each other, to sharpen each other, and to serve each other. The Bible teaches that if you are a member of a local church, you're a minister. That those two go together. You can't be a member without being a minister. It's not just my job or Tim's job as pastors to perform the duties of a priest or a pastor. We all have that responsibility together as royal priests. And we may have different roles and functions that we operate in, just like the Old Testament. There were different roles and functions that the priests performed, but it's all of our responsibility to join together as royal priests for each other and for a world that's looking on at us. Now here at Epic, membership means that you come on a regular basis and you're active in serving. I don't think that membership, having your name on a church roster somewhere is a really big deal to God. But church involvement is a very big deal to God. I believe one day we'll have a conversation with God. He'll sit down with us and talk about our role as a royal priest. He'll talk to us about our role within local churches. So formal church membership isn't a big deal to God, but church involvement is God views you as a royal priest and asks each one of us to pour our lives into the one place that God is pouring all of his energy, and that's a local church, which is the hope of the world. Now, I told you last week that through this series, we're going to be highlighting some ways that you could get active here at Epic as a royal priest, get active in serving. And there should have been a card on your seat that looks like this. I ask you to grab that real quick. There's two sides to that card. On one side, there's a spot where you can fill out some contact information. On the other side, there's just a description of some of the ways that you can get active here. And just wanted to quickly go through some of these with you. There's an opportunity to serve on our prep team. And if you've not been here before like seven o'clock, eight o'clock on Sunday morning, then you haven't seen this place transformed. There's a team of people that come in and they work hard to transform this realty building into a place where we can gather for church on Sunday. They do an amazing job setting up everything and tearing it all down at the end of the service. And when we move over to the middle school, we're gonna have even greater opportunities for us to be involved in that because it's a bigger facility, a bigger space for us to be involved in that. So we'll need more hands. They're willing to say, you know what? I'll serve as a royal priest on the prep team. 
And then our tech team back there, you see all the really cool high-tech uh, equipment that, that they usually try to keep me away from. There's a team of people that comes and sets up all the lights and the, the screens and all the audio and the sound stuff that, that happens there. And they're working really hard to try to make me sound like Charlton Heston when I speak on Sundays, but they're still working on it. Hopefully you could join the team and maybe help them figure out how to do that. There's a great place to serve on our tech team. Our connections team, they create an environment as people walk in so that people can feel safe and welcomed and loved. And like maybe this is a place that they could explore a growing relationship with God. A critical ministry that happens here at our church is our connections ministry. And one of the things I try to do when I'm not up on Sundays is occasionally I try to go visit other churches. And it is sad to me when I go visit other churches, a lot of churches are not friendly places. That's sad to me. We're holding the greatest message our world could ever hear. And we should be excited about it. And we should welcome everybody that comes to our doors to say, if you want to hear about the teachings of Jesus, the teachings that can transform your life forever, then come on in and sit down. We'd love to have you. It's our connections team plays a critical role. Our Epic Kids ministry, serving from... Uh, newborns all the way up to sixth grade. It's a great opportunity to serve children. And one day in a Bible story, the children were coming up, they wanted to see Jesus, and the disciples said, no, 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 the master doesn't have time for you. And Jesus goes, whoa, time out. He calls the kids over, pulls some kids up on his lap, and says, listen, here's the deal. Look at these kids. If you want to come to me, you have to come to me as with the faith of a child. So Jesus elevated the status of children in that culture. And if, if a child can come to know Jesus at an early age, that can save them from all kinds of heartache in their lives. That can save future generations. It can transform generations if a child comes to know Jesus. So what a privilege to serve our kids. If I wasn't out here doing this, that's probably where I would be, back serving with kids. Then our surge ministry, middle school and high school students, what a critical time frame for students' lives as they're trying to figure out who they are and who they're going to become as they go out into the world. What a wonderful opportunity to come alongside middle school and high school students and love them towards being the people that God wants them to be. So here's what you can do with that card. Um, you can fill out the back there that, that's got the contact information. You can fill out some areas of interest for you, some roles that you might want to play there. And within each ministry area, there's some great opportunities. Like, let's say you kind of have some admin gifts, but you don't really like kids. Hey, you could still work with kids and around the admin side of that, which would be really cool. Admin can happen in all of our ministry areas. Um, so there's many opportunities that you can get involved in each of the ministry areas. So uh, take a moment and fill that out. And then before you leave today, there's a table on the left-hand side. You can drop that off at the table. You can ask somebody there other questions about that. Um, you can be praying about this. We're going to do this very thing for the next, um, next two weeks so you have another chance to sign up for a way to get active. And here's what you need to know about our children and our students. If you are interested in serving there, we would love to have you. There's one extra step in the process. There's an application process you have to fill out, and there's a background check that happens. And the reason for that is our kids' safety is important. It's critical that we keep our kids safe. And so if you're interested in serving in those areas, we'd love to have you. Just know that there's one extra step because the safety of our kids is well worth it. Now, as we close today, Brandon and Mitch are going to come up, and they're going to guide us out 
in a closing song. And again, what I encourage you to do is uh, during this song, just take a moment to fill that card out. But I also encourage you during this song and the space that we're going to create here at the end of the service, if you need to reconnect with God in some way, if you need to spend just a few moments talking to him about something, we're going to create a space through the song Amazing Grace. It's an amazing song for us to sing in this moment. But if there's something off in your relationship with God or you've got some issues, maybe you need to just confess to him and talk to him about, I encourage you to do that. And here's how I'm going to invite you to do that. You can do that in multiple ways. You can sit in your seat, talk to God there. You can come up front here. It's just kind of a symbolic space up here. It's like coming to the altar of God. And if you want to come up here, you could come up here and pray by yourself. If you want to come up and pray with someone, I'm going to be up here on this side of the stage just sitting. And if you want to come up and pray with me, I'll be over here to pray. Um, Allie's going to come up and, and be on this side. If you want to pray with a lady, you can come up here and pray on this side. Again, you can do what you feel led to do. But as we leave today, you're not just walking out the same person that you walked in as. You're walking out as a royal priest. And God wants you to operate as a royal priest all week long. So are you ready? Are you ready to do that? If there's anything you need to do when you're up here in order to be ready to leave and, and operate in that position of royal priest, make sure you do that before you leave for today. Let's pray. Lord, this role of being a royal priest is a, it's a huge task that I know none of us feel worthy of. And yet, God, it's something that you've called all of us not just pastors, not just priests, but all who've put their faith and trust in Jesus. You ask us to serve as royal priests to each other and to a dying world. So Lord, if there's anything that we need to get right with you this morning, I pray that we would. I pray that we'd confess those things. I pray that we'd just clear the air. I pray that we'd start afresh and anew. God, you're the God of second chances, third chances, a thousand chances. You give us so many chances, Lord, to start over in that position as a royal priest. So Jesus, thank you for being our priest. Thank you for standing between us and God so that we could be connected with him. It's an honor to stand in the place that you stand for us, to help others come to know you. Guide us in this role, I pray. Teach us how to do this. Lord, help us to stay in a close relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't it great to give glory to our great God this morning? Thank you for joining us in, in singing this morning. I have several announcements for you this morning. Um, first of all, welcome to Epic. If you are here for the first time, thank you for coming. We are so glad you are here. We hope you enjoy the service this morning. For those of you who call Epic home, we want to remind you that there are a couple ways that you can give back and financially support what God is doing here at Epic through online at www.theepicchurch.com or through our giving boxes here in the lobby, here in this room and in the lobby as well. 
Thank you. You probably noticed as we came in that there were so many bags there of clothes and food. Thank you so much to so many of you have given already to our food and clothing drive in this month of August. Um, That's just what was collected today. There was so much more the last couple weeks, and we're collecting one more week. Next week will be our last week to collect food and clothing for Grace Community Food Pantry. They're a great um, food pantry here locally in Flagler County, and they um, give to families in need. And so Um, Often during the summer months, you know, for nonprofits can be a slower time for giving. So we're trying to help them stock back up um, for for what they need coming up for the fall. So just remember if you're interested to um, bring food and clothing next week as well. In two weeks is an exciting time here at Epic. We're moving to a new location, which is Buddy Taylor Middle School um, on Beltaire. And so um, two weeks from today on September 2nd, we'll start meeting there at our regular service time, 9.15 and 11 o'clock. But next week actually is our moving day. And so after this service, we're going to have a big um, rental truck out front. And if you can stay and help us, we would love the help. We're going to have to tear everything down, load the truck, um, go over to Buddy Taylor. We'll do a little tour so you can see where, how it's going to be set up for September 2nd. And then we'll unload the truck there. So if you can stay next week and help us, that would be great. And one last announcement, we have a great opportunity we want you to, to be aware of, so check out this video. Tim and I had some friends who went through Financial Peace University. Beforehand, they had a large, accumulated a large amount of debt, and as a result in their marriage, there was a lot of fighting over finances. And after going through Financial Peace, it really helped just, first of all, get them out of debt, and they made some great choices after that, helped their marriage as a result. And so it was neat to see them go through that process. So I encourage you to, um, if that's something you're interested in, if you've never been, it is so great on teaching biblical financial principles. And they've actually shortened it now to, I believe, a nine-week program as well. So Gary and Tasha is going to be in the back after the service in the back corner. So if you're interested, please see him um, and he can sign you up. There's a preview that's going to happen on August 30th. Well, before Trent comes and shares our message um, with us this morning, let's pray together. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your incredible love, that you are a gracious God, a God who loves us exactly as we are, Lord. And um, God, would you just open our hearts and minds um, to what you want to teach us this morning? I pray that we would just respond to you this morning. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.